Guys, we did it. We made it to 50 episodes. I just got home from covering the Senior Bowl. Uh, it's Thursday. Well, it's Friday when you're listening, but it's Thursday when we're recording. And man, this might actually be our biggest episode to date. I say that a lot, but this time I actually mean it. We have four, count them, four interviews for you today. They're pretty short, uh, but they were four different players from this year's Senior Bowl. That's right. We we have moved on up. We have interviewed. Uh, we've interviewed personalities. We've interviewed other journalists. Uh, but now we have players. We're bringing you the content that you want to hear. Um, so hopefully there will be more to come. It's only Thursday. Uh, I still have tomorrow. I still have Saturday to get more interviews. Uh, but for this episode, we're pretty much just previewing the Senior Bowl. And this is a pretty big episode, I'd say. So let's go ahead and kick it off. So to start out today's episode, like I said, this is mostly just a preview episode for the Senior Bowl. Um, and I know what some of you are thinking because I've been getting it all week. My credential has said the Blue Bloods college football and people are like, this isn't really college football. I would disagree. I think this is still college football. Uh, they're wearing their college helmets on the field. Uh, they haven't signed NFL contracts. So uh, it's college football. Say it with me, it's college football. Uh, but what we're going to start out with today is we are going, or at least I'm going to uh, mention my biggest takeaways from practice this week to you guys. Uh, Zach, unfortunately, wasn't able to come down. Um, the 16-hour drive to get to the Senior Bowl may have been a little bit too much. Um, if, he loved this, if he loved this podcast as much as I did, he'd be down here. <laughs> But I guess he doesn't, so. It's all good. I, I came out with, like, you know, the hottest topic in the world on our blog, the way too early, top 25, the official Blue Bloods poll caused a little bit of controversy. A bunch of you guys read it. Tell your friends to come argue with me because I love arguing. There's nothing more than I like than showing up some of our listeners. I, I know that this is, uh, you know, this isn't an episode about the way too early, uh, top 25, but I did need to mention something to you. North Carolina at 11. I didn't see it when I first read it somehow. Are you kidding me? Dude, uh, I, I literally I, – I don't. Did you, how, did you actually read my article, Brandon? Yes, I read it. Okay, then you saw in there where I said if they beat Auburn and UCF the first two weeks that they're, they're going to go undefeated till the ACC championship. Yeah, okay. That's a real prediction. I think that if they beat Auburn in Atlanta, because I think they'll beat UCF. Don't I think they're going to be eleven and one or twelve and zero going into the ACC championship against Clemson? I really do. I think they're going to be that good next year. Okay. I mean, I also like Sam Howell, but that's you're taking it to a whole other level. Uh, I don't we, know. Okay. You know. We stand. Okay. Don't get me wrong. We okay. Stand okay. So hang. On. So hang on. You're you're for Oklahoma State being tenth. No, see, there were a lot of things that, that were wrong with your list. I just thought I'd, I thought I'd go one at a time. Wow, there's a lot of things wrong. I hear you, bro. Yeah, well, whatever. I, 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 I'm waiting I, for okay, yours. I, well, the unofficial okay. Blue Bloods. <laughs> the unofficial Blue Bloods, yeah, that makes sense because uh, just the way that I am. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to the Senior Bowl. I mean, that's what the people are here for. This episode is titled Senior Bowl Preview. Why not go ahead and get started on the Senior Bowl? Uh, so my biggest takeaways from this week, and the reason I think that we can do this, you know, Zach and I can both do this segment is because I just have straight up been texting Zach, calling Zach about every little thing that I've noticed. Um, the first thing that I wanted to uh, mention is that Jalen Hurts, man, oh man, not a good look for him this week at all. I, I think I texted Zach earlier this week and said, hey, Jalen's overthrowing everybody. Um, that was that was after Jim, uh, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, mentioned that the biggest thing that Jalen's going to have to focus on is accuracy. Um, 
So, you know, overthrowing all your receivers isn't a great look, especially when you're playing in front of scouts for the NFL. Um, and the minute I texted Zach that, he started underthrowing all his receivers. So he needs to find a happy medium. I don't know what he needs to do. He might be flustered, but I, I have no idea. Well, I mean, this was a big week for him, man. I mean, he's coming back to the state that, you know, made him who he is today. He's playing in front of his old coach, Saban. He's playing in front of all these NFL scouts, all this media. And you have to think about it. I mean, most of the guys that go to the senior bowl, I mean, what would you say? 90% of them get drafted. Uh, I mean, there's a few that, that, yeah, there's a few that, you know, were underrated and just have bad weeks and, you know, fall out of draft boards because of, you know, one thing or the other. But, I mean, he's playing against high competition. So, like, I mean, it's not like he's throwing against, you know, the scout team for Oklahoma, which, you know, I can only imagine how bad the scout team defense is after watching the, you know, starters play against LSU. Uh you know, so I really think it's just reflective. I mean, we saw this at Alabama. I mean, did we not? When, you know, we, we saw every time he played, you know, real opponents, especially, you know, the last year starting when they lost, you know, to Auburn and they, you know, and they just – he got benched for Tua and I just – you know, they were – people forget they were literally going to get shut out against Georgia in the national championship before he was benched. That's true. Um I, I mean, I, I can't really speak on him too much more. Um, I've got more to say about him later on, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it, I'll say it in the next segment. Anyway, um, so that was one of my observations. Another observation uh, for me is that this offensive line, because okay, so just so you guys know, um, if you've been following the blog at all, you already know this. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and plug that real quick. Go look, go read our blog. That's like, that's like my favorite thing in the world to do. I love recording this podcast, but writing those blogs, there's something about it. Um, I take a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, I mean, here we're on the podcast. We're just talking. We're having a conversation. And so you guys are just kind of dropping in on that. So that's, you know, good job being creepy, whatever. But, <laughs> but the blog, I mean, th- that takes time. That takes effort. Go read those. I mean, they're, they're gold. Uh, not to toot my own horn. Anyway. Um, Dude, I don't even know what I was saying. I got caught. I got caught up. But, <laughs> but I, okay. So I've I've been watching the South team practice for. Uh, I watched them on Tuesday and Wednesday. Today is Thursday when we're recording. Uh, I saw the North team practice finally. Um, but the South team. Uh, one of my biggest takeaways is that their O line is just. I mean, they are all standout players. Like they, every single one of them. Man, it should be surprising. What I think there's six. Offensive lineman from LSU and Clemson? Yeah. I mean, LSU has two starters in the line. Like, two starters yeah. for the game on Saturday. And yeah. Damian and then and Boyd Cushenberry. Yeah, and then Clemson has multiple players that are there for the offensive line. I mean, uh, I I don't understand what – and you just got to think about all the teams that make up the South. I mean, I don't understand how the North ever wins this game. Dude, and they win, like – They win, like, a good a bit of the time. Of yeah. Like, I think they've won the past couple of years. I'm not positive. I mean, we haven't really covered it until this year, but um, but I think they won a decent amount of the time. But anyway, um, that was one of the things. I mean, I don't know if anyone has been keeping up with the way I've been keeping up with it or the way that we've been keeping up with it. But, I mean, Damian Lewis from LSU has just been having highlight after highlight of him just, just owning the defense. Um Another thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, the defensive line is surprisingly – look, and I just, I just talked about how great the offensive line for the South was. The defensive line for the South, um, you know, I wouldn't say every single one of them has been a show out, but uh, Javon Kenlaw, man, when they, when they brought him out for the first press conference, I was kind of curious. I was like, why? Why are we bringing this guy out? I mean, I know that he was good. I know he played for South Carolina. I didn't know a lot more about him. This guy's the truth. He has been showing out. I mean, left and right this week. It's such a shame, though. He got hurt and won't be able to play Saturday, though. I know. I, I know. just, I'm upset about that. And I mean, there's a few players that got hurt that were showing out. I mean, you had Marlon Davidson, you had Javion Kinlaw. I mean, all of those people. Uh, people are saying that Kinlaw and Davidson might go first round based on their performances the first two day of practice. I'm serious. Uh, and for, uh, that's wild to one me. One of the things that I also need to talk about, um, something that if you're watching from the outside, you don't necessarily know because I haven't known uh, really until this year. But if you're sitting out of the senior bowl because you're hurt, 
you're not necessarily hurt. You're it's more like a precaution because yep. these players finally have agents. They finally have somebody advising them and they're like, Hey, don't be stupid. This game is obviously, you know, it's pretty important, but the practices are just as important. Um, if you're sitting there with any kind of like inflammation, because Prince Tega uh, from Auburn, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. That's why I'm going to go with his first name, but uh, <laughs> uh, the O lineman, he, um, he had swelling in his left knee. Is that right? Yeah. How serious? He got is that? red flagged. That's what I'm saying. He so just he, uh, he they, they said it wasn't. Yeah, they said it wasn't too serious. They were just worried that you know it could have been bad if he would have played in the game and stepped on it wrong or something. So they're just taking extra precautions. They want these kids to be healthy for the combine. They want these kids to be healthy for pro day because really and truly that those days matter just as much as this game. And so there's Probably no reason. More. Yeah, honestly, probably more, especially the combine. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's that's a huge step for a lot of these players. But, you know, it's always good to see players get play against competition that, you know, they the, the highest competition possible. But at the same time, you, you want to see that player at 100%, not a player going 80%. Oh, or, you know, it's it's really a shame when if you see like a season and someone tears his ACL because he has knee inflammation, then Prince Tega doesn't get drafted. I mean, exactly. how disappointed how disappointed would that be? I mean, that that ruins a kid's dream off the bat for not thinking you know far enough into his future. Exactly, and, and so that I mean that just made my point. So, like today, um, I didn't even know that he was going to be sitting out. Um, I saw Michael Pittman Jr., uh, the wide receiver from USC. He was sitting out today. He didn't practice. He's so. he's out for the game. Yeah, so I'm saying like they they you know I, you know he was walking around two feet. He looked healthy. Uh, he's sitting out for the game. Uh, he's probably not really hurt. He's taking a precaution. That was the same deal with Marlon Davidson yesterday. And I, I, I want no. to talk about this real quick before we moved on um, because I didn't know he was hurt. It wasn't reported that he was hurt. He was walking around with a walking boot. He kind of rolled his ankle. Um, he came up, and I was standing on the sideline watching practice. Uh, I guess he had some friends that were sitting next to me. I know that he's from Greenville, Alabama, so it's not too far of a drive for them to come down here. Uh, but he was down here talking to some of his friends right next to me. Someone asked him what happened. He mentioned that he rolled his ankle. It's not serious at all is what he said, but they were taking precautions. So that's just an inside view for you guys. And and Michael Pittman, I believe it was his groin. He pulled his groin, and they're just going to keep him out. Right. So is what I read. So yeah. cut cut on a route, and you, you know you know how it goes, guys. I mean, <laughs> we see it all the time, every single week. Wide receivers, running backs, safeties. I mean, with all the cuts and, you know, coming out of routes, I mean, people pull their goings all the time. It's it's not serious at all, but I would like them to take even more precaution. And that's why you see a lot of these uh, top ten picks not there. I believe Justin Herbert is the only potential top ten pick that came to the Senior Bowl, right? I believe so, yeah. So, yeah. well, depending on how things go, I guess, because there's been a lot of steam about uh, – or I guess a lot of smoke about Jordan Love because that I mean he's been he's been impressive this week. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's been very impressive. I saw him practice for the first time today. I knew that people were talking about how impressive he was. I mean, this guy, I mean, talk about a prototype. Because he, I mean, six four at his weigh in, he he weighed in six four, two twenty five. I mean, he he's a he's a guy who can sit back in the pocket and just pass the ball miles down the field, or he can take off of the ball, run it. Um and in today's NFL, that's the sort of thing that, that GMs, the sort of thing that head coaches like to see. And so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he slipped in there somehow. But we'll talk about that again later. Um, but uh, other than that, let's go ahead and call. Let's go ahead and start calling us the, uh, the QB podcast because I want to wrap up the quarterbacks before we move on to our first interview. Um, and I'll just do this quickly. Uh, Justin Herbert dropping dimes. I mean, looks just as impressive as we all predicted he would. Uh, I don't think I saw well, – I take it back. I saw him overthrow one pass yesterday. And besides that, I haven't seen him throw anything off cue, which is very impressive when you think that he's not passing the same receivers he's been passing to all year. He's not used to the same – he's not used to their speed yet, but he's still getting it done. Um, one other thing uh, – Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson has been having a rough week too. Um, 
surprise, we have an interview with him later on. So if you're hearing this right now, keep listening. You're going to want to hear that. Um, but he's been having a, he's been having kind of an off week. Um, so that's kind of, that's going to kind of wrap up our quarterbacks. Uh, was there anything else I mentioned to you, Zach, that about this, uh, about this week or anything you've read that you wanted to point out? No, I mean, just, I, I, I was really wanting to cover Jalen's performance. We did that. And, you know, just the injuries, man. I mean, cause a lot of people freak out immediately when you see this player is injured or this player is injured. And, you know, I'm just – I'm really going to be interested Saturday to see, you know, how they rotate the quarterbacks. And, you know, there's a few quarterbacks. You know, Herbert is secured top 15 quarterback, so I would be shocked to see him play. But how they handle Jordan Love, uh, you know, Shea Patterson, Anthony Gordon, I mean, there's some players in here that need to play and they need to improve their draft stock. So, you know, if you only get three drives, you're going to have to show out. And, you know, I just – I have my concerns about Shea Patterson, but I know Anthony Gordon and Jordan Love are going to air it out when they get the chance. Absolutely. Uh, that that was another quarterback I forgot to mention. Aaron, uh, Anthony Gordon has looked just as impressive as we thought he would. He's been airing the ball out all week. Uh, we know the way that this guy can pass the ball, and he's been showcasing that uh, day in, day out. So let's go ahead and move on to our first interview. Um, our first interview today is going to be Blake Ferguson. He's the long snapper from LSU. Um, I mean, really good interview. Uh, like I said, all these interviews are fairly short because I'm having to conduct these after practice, and there's a 15-minute window where we can uh, conduct interviews. So uh, between trying to find the players, um, actually asking them questions, and uh, waiting on other people to finish their interviews, you know, they get cut pretty short. So uh, here is our first interview with, once again, Blake Ferguson, long snapper from LSU. All right, so I'm here with uh, Blake Ferguson, long snapper for the LSU Tigers. Uh, congratulations, obviously, on a great season on the national championship. I mean, it was just nine days ago, and you're already back out here. That speaks miles about about you as a player um, and the entire team. Everybody's out here. That speaks miles about you guys. Definitely. It's been, uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, it's been a great week. Um, you know, this, is, it, it, I mean, this has been a dream of mine since – uh, since I started on this trek uh, to play in the NFL one day, yeah. and I knew that um, as a long snapper, uh, the Senior Bowl is a big deal. Um, you know, this opens a lot of doors, and this helps me prove that I'm the best snapper in the country, and that's that's why I'm here. And um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to to meet with the the, the scouts and the, the GMs and coaches and stuff. But um, you know, when you come out onto the field, that's that's when you really prove yourself. Right, absolutely. And what's it been like practicing with these NFL coaches? Uh, interacting with these NFL teams for the first time in your career. Yeah, it's different. Um, but, you know, I, I, I had Coach McMahon um, in, in Baton Rouge who, who was in the league for 11 years. So um, I kind of have a, a jump start on a lot of those guys um, that have may not have worked with an NFL coach before. And so he, he was a big resource for me and kind of helped me prepare for um, interacting with, with NFL coaches because here it's a business. I mean, it's it, it truly is a business. Every single day you got to come to work and prove yourself or else you're not going to be around for much longer. Right, absolutely. And, and one last question. Uh, I just wanted to see what you were trying to showcase here this Saturday, uh, what you're hoping to prove to these scouts and stands. I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to show them? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said earlier, I just want to show them I'm the best snapper in the country. Um, my, my goal is to be uh, to be drafted. I want to be the highest snapper ever drafted, but I I mean, lofty goals um, and lofty expectations um, challenge me, and so I'm I'm here to I'm here to prove that, and I'm excited for the opportunity. All right, absolutely. Well, thank you for yes, the interview, sir. and uh, congratulations again. Absolutely. And best of luck to you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, Blake was an awesome guy to talk with. Uh, you know, I, I saw him after practice on Wednesday. Uh, super personable. I told him I was an LSU fan. You know, I had to. He pointed out my screensaver on my phone, which is just the LSU National Championship logo. Um, he thought that was the <laughs> coolest thing. Um, yeah, but I mean, super, super cool guy. If you've heard anything about this guy in the media, which he's a long snapper, so you might not have. Um, I mean, I think you should have heard about this guy. This guy's, I mean, just the just the nicest guy you can imagine. Um, and I really appreciate him coming on. You know, uh, I want him to hear that because I know he listens to the podcast. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. Um, our next segment is going to be covering the players with the most to gain from this week, from this game, uh, the most to show these scouts. So I'll let you go ahead and lead this one, Zach. Uh, who do you think is the player with the, mo- with the most to prove? 
Yeah, so this was made before I was made aware of an injury. But from what I've read, he improved his stock by a zillion percent and is a borderline first rounder. And that is Michael Pittman Jr. from USC, the big wide receiver. We all saw him in his dominant performance against Utah when, you know, Matt Fink came in for Keaton after, you know, he got his head ripped off and Michael Pittman showed out that game, but the, I think the reason that this week was so important for uh, Pittman is because of how small of a sample size he had coming out of USC. I mean, he only had one full year of starting every single game, and that was this past year. Right. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, and and he had, what, three different quarterbacks during that time period? Yeah, three yeah. different. It was just three different starting quarterbacks this year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and like last year, you know, it was different, and the year before it was different because he did play a little bit, but he didn't play. He didn't start every single game, and they even play in all the games until this year. And this year, the year he broke out, you know, it took Keaton. We all know how we feel about Keaton on this podcast, Love him. and can't wait to get him on. Can't wait till he comes to the Senior Bowl so we can interview him. <laughs> but yeah, Pittman meant over twelve hundred yards, double digit touchdowns, and he did this like you said with three different quarterbacks and no running game. Man, I mean USC couldn't run the ball if the defense just laid down in the middle of the field, dude. I mean they couldn't get a, they couldn't find a hole. They can't make a cut. They can't you know, makes in, anyone miss. I mean, it was it was an abysmal running, rushing attack by the Trojans this year. And so with people keying in on, keying, keying in on Michael Pittman, I mean, that, that shows what talent this guy has and the determination. And I felt this week was a chance to show he had first-round potential, especially because of how weak the Pac-12 is perceived in terms of defensive play. So I really thought Michael Pittman had the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, opportunities this week to really do something. I thought I heard from what I've read, what everyone's told me, including you, Michael Pittman had a big week. It's a shame he can't play Saturday, but I think he achieved what he came down to Mobile to do. Absolutely, um, that was one of the things that I did text you about uh, because over the past two days of practice, it just, it seemed like if the ball was anywhere near him, he was, I mean, he was, he was reeling it in. Uh, It was almost unreal the way he was doing it. Um, Anyway, so let's go ahead and move on to a new player. Um, Another player that I think probably has the most to gain from this game is going to be Jordan Love or from this week is going to be Jordan Love because uh, obviously, you know, if you've been listening to anything about the senior role, you've been reading anything about it, you know this quarterback has had the uh, he's had the biggest week so far. I mean that's that's what every single headline's saying. They're saying that he is having probably the best week of anybody at the Senior Bowl. Um, and we heard rumors about this guy. You know, I saw him play in person this year. Um, you know, I wasn't overly impressed, but he was also playing the national champ, the future national champions um, at the time. So. I mean, this guy can really get it done. Uh, and I've, I've witnessed that this week. Um, super, I mean, super impressive uh, time here at the Senior Bowl. Um, I, and the reason that I have him with the most to gain is because I just don't think that even if he didn't perform well, I think that he has too much hype around his name at this point to lose anything. Like, I don't think he's playing with anything to lose here. Um, I think even if he performed poorly – you know, like I mentioned earlier, he's that prototypical quarterback. He's six foot four. He's 225 pounds. His hands are almost 11 inches. Uh, they measured those, I think, on Monday. Anyway, they're 10 inches. They're 10 and five eighths inches. Um, <laughs> for some reason, NFL scouts eat that up. So biggest hands uh, out of the quarterback group by like so, a lot. <laughs> like I have to ask you. Okay, so he relied on his on his legs a lot in college, right? Uh, like, how would you rank his speed? I mean, like, on a scale of Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, where would you put him on the scale of mobility in terms of compared to, you know, NFL quarterbacks that are right now, that are in the league right now? Um, That's tough. I, I'd give him, I'd give him like an Aaron Rodgers plus. Like, he's faster than Aaron Rodgers, but he's definitely like, he can get it done on his legs. Um, Aaron Rodgers isn't a slow guy, by the way. Like, if you're listening to this and you think Aaron Rodgers is slow, then uh, go watch some of his highlights. 
fast guy. Um, he's got some sneaky wheels, bro. It's like Trevor Lawrence. That's what I'm saying. But Jordan, I mean, he's faster than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you've seen him play it all this year, you know that. And I think that the thing that is super appealing to these NFL scouts at this point is they see how Lamar Jackson has performed over his NFL career. Um, I just don't – there's something about I, – I don't – I mean, obviously he's not the same player as Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is probably like a generational talent at this point. I mean, can we agree on that? Um, in college, this guy was insane. You know, his rookie year, he didn't he, he, he didn't look comfortable with the Ravens, but – uh, over his second year in the league, he's looked incredible again. I mean, MVP, probably. So, um, anyway, uh, I think that's what intrigues the NFL scouts at this point. So, I just don't – I guess the reason I have him on my players with the most to gain is because I don't think that he ha- he stands much to lose here. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was really torn on how I felt about him coming into the week, and I think I'm going to hold my opinion until we see him play on Saturday in a game situation against these guys because, yeah, it's really easy to look good in, in practice. Right. But what happens when, you know, you know the reins of the defensive ends or, you know, the locks on them are taken off and they can come and, you know, really, really get after you. So I'm, I'm going to hold off till Saturday. But – you know, speaking of defensive ends, that's the next player with the most get to gain, in my opinion. SEC defensive end, Jabari Zaniga from Florida. The um, You know, Zaniga had an interesting time at Florida. Uh, his senior year was – he was decimated by injuries, guys. Uh, he only played five games this year. Um, yeah. But in those five games, he had three sacks and five-and-a-half tackles for loss in only five games. Uh, that, I mean – it was obviously very impressive. I mean, we all – I mean, well, I don't know if we all, but we, we definitely followed <laughs> Florida's defense this uh, over the season, and they were impressive. I mean, they led, the, they led the SEC in sacks. I don't know how they – I don't know how they were nationally, but they for sure led the SEC in sacks this year, and he was a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, he I, – I thought he had a really imp- – he was really impressive when he played. I mean, if you go back to his junior year – I mean, he had great in, – in, in his career, he has almost 20 sacks, 116 tackles as a defensive lineman, and 33 of those are for loss. I think he has a huge upside, maybe the highest upside of any D lineman in Mobile right now. And I think he has the raw talent, but he needs to get healthy and just needs to be developed a little bit. So I think a team sitting back late in the first round that needs some defensive linemen, you know, at the Patriots, you know, maybe at the Saints. I mean, you need to – I mean, this guy can fit in in a system. And I think if he gets put in the right defensive system, I think this kid could be a star in the NFL. And so I, that's why I think he has the most to gain. And from everything I've read, he's had a pretty good week. I think he just needs to show out Saturday. Yeah. Uh, one last player that I have that stands the most to gain from this game would be LaMichael P. Ryan. Um, he's back in Mobile. This is his hometown. Um you know, he's here with all his family. Uh, obviously, this is his hometown, like I just said. Um, and the media is just flocking this guy. So this is another Jordan Love type situation for me. Um, I don't think that he really has anything to lose from this. You know, at, at, over, the, over this past season, LaMichael has uh, much – he has very much improved his draft stock um, to where now, I mean, he's in conversations for being – a pick in one of the top rounds. Uh, whereas before the season, I think he was still projected to be drafted. I just think it was going to be like a later round, maybe the sixth round. Um, but at this point, he's, I mean, we're talking like second round. Um, definitely, uh, definitely a big year for him. Um, and this week, he's really shown out. Uh, you know, I tried to get an interview with him. I still want to. I might try to do that tomorrow or today, I guess, today or Saturday. Um, uh, we'll just have to see how that goes. But so far, no luck. I mean, the news outlets are all over this guy. I mean, he was going to be a crowd favorite, you know, regardless of of anything, especially in Mobile. Everyone is down there on assignment to cover him, like we talked about. I mean, just insane. He was he was my third player with the, with the most to gain, too. So I'll just build off of you. I mean, you know, if you just look solely at his stats, you don't watch any film. I mean, it doesn't jump off the page, you know, to you. 
He only has about 2,500 yards in his career, 22 rushing touchdowns and eight receiving touchdowns. I mean, we've seen, you know, people like Derrick Henry and Saquon put up those numbers in one year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, or close to it, maybe not, you know, exactly. But but also you got to think about he shares some time with some other running backs. You know, Florida hasn't always just been a downhill run. We're going to lean on one guy offense and – I really think if you watch the film, that's where this guy pops off. So I'm hoping some NFL scouts turn on the film. I'm hoping he pops off, you know, just some scouts this week. And I think Saturday, uh, you know, we're going to pick our our predictions for the game, MVP predictions. And he was it was really, really tough not to pick uh, Piran. But I really don't think he's going to be the main running back because I think he's already kind of cemented his second, third-round status. And so there's no reason to, you know, push him over the top to try to improve his draft classes I don't think or his draft stock because I don't think he's a first round pick this year especially with running backs like Claude Everett Hilaire uh, J.K. Dobbins um, DeAndre Swift so I think LaMichael P. Ryan's second third round that's that's about as high as this kid's ceiling is absolutely uh, so let's go and move on to our second interview of the day uh, we've got an interview with Marlon Davidson uh, the Auburn defensive end who is not going to be able to play in the game on Saturday. I didn't ask him about that. I felt like it was probably a sore subject at the moment. Uh, didn't want to ask him about his injury. Uh, didn't want to bug him with that. But we did. I did ask him a couple questions. Uh, so here that is now. All right, so I'm here with, uh, with Marlon Davidson from Auburn. Um, super great to meet you, man. I, uh, so I've got a couple questions for you real quick. Uh, I just wanted to know uh, what it's like for you to be able to practice, be able to be out here with these coaches uh, here during Senior Bowl week. I mean, it means a lot to me, you know, um, showing I can showcase my talent at a, at a high level against great athletes and great com- competition here. And just, um, just showing them that, you know, I'm a baller and just making sure that I have fun while doing it and just making new friends. You know, you meet people from different schools you might never see around anytime, but just being here with them is, is good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so growing up, I mean, obviously, the NFL is a dream for a lot of the players out here. Is that one of the things that you were looking forward to? I mean, did you ever picture yourself being here at the Senior Bowl? No, nah, I didn't actually, man. But, you know, I just thought I was going to be in the NFL no matter what. Yeah, but, you yeah. Know, well, that's awesome. Um, just coming here and just showcasing my talent, man. That's, that's, the, that's the biggest key about this. Awesome, awesome. One last question. Uh, I wanted to ask if you could speak on how big of an impact Rodney Gardner had on you in your four years at Auburn. I mean, he had the, the biggest impact on my life, you know, um, being a father figure, being a coach, being just that role model to show me how to be a man and just show me, like, how to take everyday life and just controlling the narrative, you know, and just being the man that you want to be in life. All right, man. Well, I appreciate the interview, and uh, it's good to see you. Thank you, sir. All right. I mean, also just another super nice guy. I feel like I'm going to say that about everybody, but he really was super personable. Um, great interview, too. Uh, you know, it was like it was like a minute and a half long, but great interview. <laughs> um, before I before I interviewed him, I saw somebody else interviewing him, and he just didn't look very happy about it. So I was like, oh, this isn't going to be great, right? Um he had his hoodie on. He looked, I mean, I'm telling you, he looked upset. I started asking him questions. He took his hoodie off. He was smiling. So I don't know. I guess I make everybody smile. I know I make Zach smile. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm cute. I'm, you know, whatever else you want to call me. Um, but yeah, great interview. A great, great guy and his draft stock. He's another guy. Soaring. His draft stock been soaring over this past year. Um, but anyway, let's go ahead and move into our next segment. We have now... <laughs> Uh, players with the most to lose over this week um, or whose draft stock is plummeting <laughs> yeah <laughs> or has uh, a chance to let's go ahead and start with this because uh you know if if zach doesn't have this player i'd be shocked um jalen hurts let's I go do. With jalen hurts. Yeah. he's my only one because i have a whole rant i'll let you go first jalen man i, I want to hear zach's rant so bad but jalen has just <laughs> not looked very impressive uh this this uh, he's looked impressive this season. This week, not so impressive. And I wouldn't even say he looked impressive through the air this season because he didn't. He looked impressive with his legs. Um, and this, that's with Oklahoma's offense. I mean, they have a very high-powered offense, and he, you know, he got it done with his legs. But, uh, you know, he couldn't keep up. I mean, there's a reason that we called him Jalen Heisman for the first couple weeks, and then he couldn't keep up anymore, and we stopped calling him that. Jalen, over the uh, – over this week has probably shown scouts a not so great side of him. And I don't want to bash him because I still hope to get an interview with him. And that sounds selfish, but I don't want to bash him at all. He's probably going to be a good player. Um, you know, if he gets drafted, I think he'll still get drafted. I don't, 
I just think his draft stock has, has been plummeting recently. Um, he hasn't performed well at practice, and not only that, but he has not been very – like he hasn't – there's a lot of players at the Senior Bowl who take the media attention very well. They understand that the scouts are looking at that. They want to see how they interact with the media because that's going to be a big part of what they do like in their career. You know, as an NFL quarterback, you're going to have the media all over you all the time. And the Senior Bowl is your first taste of that. Um, unless you're in college and you have the media all over you all the time, but it's like far less likely in college. Really all you're going to have is like the post-game stuff, uh, like press conferences. But other than that, I mean, but if you're an NFL star, you're going to have like basically paparazzi on you. Um, and he just has not been handling the media after practice well at all. I mean, every time I've seen him, he like he finishes practice and walks straight off the field. And that was on Tuesday. On Wednesday, he finished practice, walked over to the fans, and he was nice to the fans. I'll give him that. But the media, he just wasn't having it. Um, and that's just – I think that's a bad look for the scouts. So he – I don't know. And that's something you can control. You know, if you aren't performing well at practice, that's not really something that you can be like, hey, I want to change that, and then it automatically changes. You can put on a face and be nice to the media for 15 minutes after practice, but he just – he won't do it. So – um, that's my rant. I think that he has a lot to lose because he was one of those borderline players to start with because I don't, I don't know that he's – I know he's not going to be an NFL starting quarterback anytime soon at least, but we'll, we'll see where he gets drafted. I don't think it's very high at all. Yeah, so this is going to make a lot of people angry. Jalen Hurts will never play quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I mean – I'm just going out on that limb – don't you know? I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear it Alabama fans. I don't want to hear it Oklahoma fans. I don't want to hear it Jalen Hurts sympathizers. Because you know, I, I really thought Jalen would learn from those before him. And Brandon, do you know what NFL player I'm about to compare him to? RG three. Tim Tebow. Oh. <laughs> uh, mine was good too. Yeah, I like that. But Jalen Hurts is the next NFL Tebow. He wasn't as good as Tebow in college. Let's not, Bobby. Brandon, would you even put Jalen in Tebow's class? No, not even close. Okay. So we can all agree Tebow is the better college quarterback. And, I mean, Jalen has some accuracy on short passes and, you know, some mid, maybe some midfield. But I just, I, I, you know, we saw it in Oklahoma a little bit this year, and everyone's going to say, oh, he hit all these deep passes. I mean, I don't think there was a lot of deep passes he threw in the coverage. No. no I mean, uh, how many times did you turn on an Oklahoma game and C.D. Lamb was by himself by like 20 yards? Every single time. I mean, and don't let – I know his career completion percentage is 65%. I'm going to have somebody scream at me on Facebook about it, um, especially, you know, these Alabama fans on here that think the all-decade teams should be all Alabama. They ain't played nobody, Paul. <laughs> exactly. Um, you, know, uh, you know, but there's a reason, like I said earlier, that he was bitched at Alabama. Yeah. He, he could not move the ball down the field. He couldn't, you know – make the secondary respect him as a quarterback. And we saw him get exposed multiple times in big games where he just – he couldn't get it done, man. I mean, and you think about the talent on Alabama. I mean, how how many positions out of the 22 were five stars while Jalen was the quarterback? Um, almost every single one of them. I mean, literally, I would say over half of them. And what happens if Jalen goes to a school that doesn't, you know, just have endless talent all around him? Like, what if Jalen got drafted by the Bengals instead of Joe Burrow? I mean, would you uh, give him a shot in hell to be decent? Um, with the O-line, no. With the receivers, yes. I mean, he has A.J. Green and, and what Tyler, Tyler Boyd. I, or, Well, I was supposed to say Tyler Boyd, but. And Eifert. I mean, he's got a good tight end. I, that O-line is going to kill them, but that's that's a different discussion. <laughs> so, I love Jalen as a player, guys. I've been on record saying I was the one to come up with Jalen Hosman. Yeah, you were. Um, Very creative. I was, proud. I was, I was really all about Jalen, but if I was an NFL GM right now, I'm staying as far away from Jalen Hurts as a quarterback as possible. And I would just say this. if I've watched a lot of Jalen Hurts – 
you know, throughout his whole career. Being an Auburn fan, I watch a lot of Alabama games. I watched him in Oklahoma. I saw him play live at Kansas State and get exposed it during that game. Yeah. Yeah, they made a major comeback, but guess what? K-State just was like, oh, we won. We're up by like 30. Uh, I'm just going to stop covering CD Lamb. That's what happened. Right. And Jalen's running ability bailed him out so much in college. I mean, he was scrambling out of the pocket. We saw what happened in the SEC championship against Georgia where he comes in for Tua. He scrambles around, starts hitting receivers as he's running around, and I don't think he's super fast, honestly. I really think at the NFL level he's going to get smacked if he tries to run around like that. I I don't think he's faster than Jordan Love. I don't think he's faster. I don't think he's even close to Lamar Jackson speed. No, he's not. I I, I really don't think he's going to be able to save himself with his running ability. And if a defense tries to make him make tight throws in the coverage, this dude is going to get eaten alive in the NFL. And that's another thing I kind of want to point out. I didn't really talk about it in depth earlier when I was, uh, when I was telling you my takeaways from practice, but I mean, you know, on Wednesday they had their, they had their contact practice. Obviously you're not going to hit the quarterback, but everything else was contact. Uh, it, it looked full speed. And, uh, I mean, the other quarterbacks for the most part for the South team, at least were getting the, uh, getting the ball out in a pretty quick manner. Jalen looks like he was holding on the ball forever. Um, you know, he sometimes would tuck it and, and try to get out of the pocket. And when he did that, I mean, he'd get mobbed. He just couldn't get away from people. And that's with the O-line he's playing with. I mean, that's that's like the dream team of the draft, this O-line anyway. So, man, it's – I, I really he hope you watch until Tebow. I'm talking about he had five-plus seconds in the pocket and then he's like, okay, I'm going to tuck it. Like, you can't do that. You have to find something or you have to throw that ball away. Don't, I mean, I'll – just, oh man, this this like hurts me to have this segment because I really, really was really high on Jalen Hurts. Dude, but and, and I love Jalen. I mean, I he's a great guy. You know, he has the Tebow effect. You want to like him, right? But it's just, it, it's. I'm telling you guys the truth. We're not going to sit here and lie to you. But this is this is just how it's going. Uh, so listen, Jalen. I know you listen to the podcast. <laughs> Please learn from Tim Tebow in front of you, and don't waste everyone's time. Yeah, you might have a cool, you know, one game in the NFL. Change positions and make some money. Please, you don't have baseball to fall back on like Tebow did. Like, make your make your money. You're going to be a star regardless of what you play. Please don't go out there and get killed like RG3 did, thinking, you've, thinking that you're better. And I really hated the vibe I got when he shut down the media on position change and he got, like, kind of an attitude about it and was like, I'm here to be a quarterback. You are just going to become another statistic like that, bro. Like you, this is not this is not the route that Jalen Hurts I think should take. And we've been real critical about Jalen, so we're going to end this segment and go to a, a, a another great interview with another great player. Yeah, we've got Shea Patterson up next. Um, <laughs> you said great interview, um, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You guys are going to be able to tell, but this this was an interview I got uh, earlier today, and. Well, here it is. All right, so I'm here with Shea Patterson, uh, quarterback for Michigan, going out to the NFL, obviously, uh, here at the Senior Bowl. It's nice to have you here. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun to be here, fun to get out here and compete. Um, yeah. A lot of good athletes out here, the best of the best, so um, just having fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think that you have to bring to an NFL team? Uh, what do you think that you uh, – what do you think that you're showing to these scouts by being out here at the Senior Bowl this year? Just my work ethic and my ability to compete every single day. Right, absolutely. Um, so obviously, with your transfer from Ole Miss to Michigan uh, to Michigan over the past uh, couple seasons, mm-hmm. um, you've had the opportunity to showcase your talents in two different uh, conferences. Is uh, is there anything that you noticed? Uh, was there any kind of difference between the SEC and uh, the Big Ten in terms of play, in terms of offense? Or yeah, I think week in and week week out, uh, the SEC. Um, you know, they had those type of guys, uh, but talent was relevant. When you play Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, all those that's, guys, that's yeah, uh, sure. pretty sure. much the same. Yeah, one last question. I just wanted to see what it's like uh, being in a locker room with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh, what it's like playing for him in his offense. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a coach that is going to go down in history as one of the greatest in football mm-hmm. history. Um, any, any thoughts on playing for him? I love playing for him. Uh, he's so passionate about the game, loves the game, and uh, you know, really taught me how to be a pro. So I'm, I'm looking forward to right. applying that to the next level. Absolutely. Well, best of luck to you. Right, uh, nice Thank to meet you. you. Uh, 
So yeah, let's not let's not lie right now. Um, I don't think he really wanted to be there. <laughs> I think he was trying to leave, um, and it's crazy because like no one was talking to him. I walked up to him. One guy was interviewing him, uh, not like a major syndication or anything. Um, just another guy, just like kind of like me, was interviewing him. Um, I walk up to him afterward and I ask him for an interview. He says yeah, and then he's just. I mean, the interview went how you guys just heard. So. Um, Anyway, let's let's move past it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, our our next segment is going to be about whether the Senior Bowl should stay in Mobile or if it should leave. And, Zach, you wrote this segment up. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm kind of torn on will or should it leave Mobile. I mean, my personal opinion, I think it's only a matter of time. And I'm shocked that we're in 2020 and that it's still in Mobile. I'm honestly not, you know, this is something that originated in Mobile. Um, it's, it's, it's got a deep rooted history at this point. I mean, how long has it been going on? I think it's, I think it's been over 50 years now. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it'll leave Mobile. I think the real conversation we be having right here is, will it stay in the stadium it's being played at now? Will it stay at Lad People's Stadium in Mobile? Or will it move up the street to South Alabama's new stadium? Um, and that's uh, a question that's been had. I think it has to. I think that's the reason that it might leave is because, I mean, Lad is not a great environment, guys. I don't know if you've been down there. Not a great place. It's not the safest place uh, either. Um, I just don't get the reason that it's at Lad. But, yeah, if they move it to the brand-new South Alabama Stadium, that that could change the conversation to um, the Senior Bowl is probably going to stay in Mobile. And, you know, I want to know how much the location matters. I mean, everyone says it's about all about location and, you know, Mobile has a great downtown atmosphere and there's stuff to do. It's right there. You know, we got the Bay and all that kind of stuff. We got great food, but I mean, is it really competing with other big cities that might, you know, not necessarily have a big college team that people could play at? I mean, imagine if they moved it to Charleston or uh, Nashville or, anything like that I mean uh, I just I don't know man I just I thought it was weird as a kid that it was in Mobile in the first place yeah uh, I definitely agree with you there uh, I always thought it was weird but I was never going to complain about it uh, I loved going I loved growing up watching this game year in year out and I love now that I'm able to cover it because I'm here so uh, <laughs> you know I can go like I said in every single one of my blogs I can go to class every single day and then leave class go to practice cover it go back sleep in my own bed um, I, I love that so I'm not complaining about it being a mobile at all do I think it should move up the street you know, 20 minutes away to the new stadium that's being constructed right now absolutely uh, I saw the stadium for the first time today and let me tell you it's a beauty it, it, that is a nice stadium um, is it Okay, it, it really seen is. It. It, so it's all the way in the back of campus, and this good good radio because right now I'm legitimately just having a conversation with Zach. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all the way back, like at the back of campus, because um, they they moved practice today to South's indoor facility. Well, I say indoor facility; it's a covered facility. It has a roof, but the sides are. Up. I figured that South didn't have like a real indoor facility, but Dude, it's, fine. it's it's actually nice though. Like you'd be shocked. Like it's so okay. Nice. I, I see South moving up in the world. I remember when it didn't even have a sign to like say it was a campus, but you know, uh, regardless if the senior ball wants to leave or should leave, I think mobile should fight for it. Um, if you read Brandon's uh, first blog of the week, I believe it was the um, Monday recap. Uh, you know, Jim Nagy was bombarded with questions <laughs> about whether the senior ball was leaving mobile and he refused to answer any of them. It was funny. He deflected so hard. And and the main question was just it was it was from one of the local uh, news stations here in Mobile. The reporter had no questions about football whatsoever. The only question she had was with South Stadium being constructed right now um, and set for completion this summer. Do you think or will the game be moving to the University of South Alabama? And all Jim Nagy said was, 
Yeah, I'm really more concerned about this year. Uh, so we'll get there when we get there, but we're going to talk about this year. So he just didn't, which to me sounds like, yes, it's going to move. I'm sure there's like uh, contracts to be signed, but yeah. I'm feeling it's going to be moved. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I, I will literally eat my words on this podcast if it's not played in South New Stadium. But, you know, like Jim Nagy probably went home and like was just punching pillows <laughs> <laughs> hotel room just like i swear to god if she asked me one more time <laughs> this game's gonna be it was really hurts. well the best part about it was that she like there were chairs and she had a chair and her camera had a chair which was weird to me um but anyway she stood up for the entire press conference like did not sit one time and it was making, she was on the other aisle. Like I was, I was on one side, she was on the other. So I wasn't that mad about it, but if I was behind her, I straight up probably would have thrown a shoe. <laughs> I'm not lying. I would have thrown, like, I would have taken, I would have taken this Jordan six off and tossed at her head. I promise. You know, you, you know, if uh, we've only had this podcast going since August, maybe we're just missing something. Maybe next year it will both go to the senior ball. We'll just stand up the entire press conference. No one else stood up except for the cameramen that were like not in front of anybody. Like they were off to the side. And then you had this lady in the middle of a row of chairs standing up the entire. I mean, it made, I, like I said, I, I would have thrown something at her. I promise. <laughs> so yeah, guys, I, I think, uh, I think the only two options, either the senior bowl will be played at South Alabama next year or the senior bowl is leaving mobile. That's, that is my prediction. And I have a theory that the senior bowl was moved to mobile because it's usually like, it's not usually that cold here in January. Um, It may be raining a little bit, but usually, you know, it it doesn't rain every single day during the winter. It's more rainy during the summer. So like, Oh yeah, that would be a good place to have it. Well, (laughs) this week it has been raining and like 30 degrees all week. So that, you know, if anything's going to push them toward that, it's going to be this week. I mean, it's just, it's been nuts. Mm. I don't yeah, want but- to say, I don't, I don't get sick because germs are afraid to mess with me, but uh, I'm definitely sniffling a little bit over here. <laughs> I hear you, bro. Uh, but no, nah, Mobile's got to fight for it. And I'm super excited for this next interview, guys. So I'll let Brandon introduce it. This was honestly my favorite interview. Um, and I mentioned how personable Blake Ferguson was at the beginning of the episode. Anthony Gordon was the most personable guy and you'll be able to hear it in his interview. Um, But let's go ahead and get that interview kicked off right now. All right. So I'm here with Anthony Gordon, uh, quarterback from Washington state. Uh, Just want to ask you a couple questions, but it's good to have you here. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Brandon. Really appreciate you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So what was it like playing for Mike Leach at Washington State? Uh, Like, how is he in the locker room, and what's it like being a quarterback in the system? Uh, You know, it's a unique experience. Uh, As you guys see in the media, he's a pretty interesting person. But, uh, you know, wouldn't have traded the experiences for the world. He's a great coach, uh, one of the few coaches in the country to believe in me. And, uh, you know, uh, him in the locker room, you know, uh, he's a – He's unique, I guess, and uh, connects to the players in a, in a in a different in a different way. But uh, you know, it's all in a positive way, and he's he's a great motivator and a great coach. Absolutely. Uh, so, what do you think that you can bring to the NFL team that drafts you? Uh, what do you think that you're showing these scouts by being out here this week? And really, what do you bring to the table for these teams? I uh, show that I'm, I'm sh- I want to prove that I love to compete each and every day, no matter uh, good or bad. I, I love being out here. I'm humbled to be here. Uh, I accepted this invitation to you know. Uh, play with the best in the country and represent my school, my family, and myself in the best way possible. Right. So obviously you were the starter at Washington State last season. Uh, were there any specific games that really stood out to you as maybe your favorite games, maybe your favorite moment? Uh, I'd say the two Oregons, Oregon and Oregon State. You know, uh, Oregon, uh, we went into, you know, didn't know it at the time, but Rose Bowl champs, you know, went into Autzen Stadium, very hostile environment. And uh, our offense and our defense played uh, played their hard time. We just fell up a little bit short, drove down the field, and we scored a touchdown on the minute left. And a uh, great quarterback in Justin Herbert was able to drive him down for a field goal. And then Oregon State, you know, uh, winning 54 to 53, handing the ball from the last play for a touchdown and uh, securing a bull berth was uh, probably the highlight of the year. Right, absolutely. Uh, so going into the playoffs, you know, Obviously, uh, Washington State wasn't in the playoffs this year, but before that, you were the leading passer in the nation, and that's got to feel great. How, how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, it's awesome. It's, it's That'll be cool to look back on, but, uh, you know, it just goes to show that I had a great supporting cast around me. The receivers do an unbelievable job with the ball in their hands, and, the, you know, the coaches believing in me. 
All right. So I forgot to ask. So when I was, when I was uh, recording this episode or when I was recording the interview, I realized that one part of the interview cut out. And so I have all of, all of Anthony's uh, answer. I just don't have the question. So let me read the question real quick and then we'll get right back to the interview. Can you give your honest opinion on Mike Leach heading to Mississippi State? Uh, and how far do you think he can take this program? So I think it's a very unique opportunity for him. Uh, very happy for him. Uh, you know, uh, a fresh start in the SEC. I know that uh, he was probably looking to move to the SEC, and he's very happy with this uh, with the opportunity he has in front of him. And, uh, you know, looking forward to what he has to do. And I know he's going to air the ball out a whole bunch, and he's going to compete real hard in the SEC. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen to this interview, and uh, best of luck to you. Of course. You. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it. Do you have a minute? All right, and that was that was by far my favorite interview to this point. Um, it was kind of nuts because I didn't think that I would be able to interview, uh, both, I mean, two of the quarterbacks on the North team in one day. I was able to. I walked straight out of the field. No one was talking to Anthony Gordon, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Walked straight up to him, uh, asked him for the interview, and, I mean, I had like, uh, I had like TV cameras on me. Uh, there were people all around him. Uh, I mean, we had people from Sirius XM channels around him, ESPN, Pro Football Focus, and then there was me with, with the Blue Bloods College Football, and I got the first interview. So, not to brag, but we're getting up there. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our final segment of the day, though, and that is going to be our MVP and game prediction for the Senior Bowl, and then we will end the episode. Um, but, Zach, I got to hear your MVP uh, guess, and I got to hear your game prediction first. Oh, okay. I'll I'll give I'll just go ahead and give both of them. Um have the South uh winning 28 to 20. Um I just I think, you know, uh I just have a feeling the South's going to win. I I think they have the better quarterback in Justin Herbert. Uh I you know, I I think I hope he gets enough playing time. I don't I don't know how it's going to be distributed between him and Jalen. Think the South pull it out. But I think it's mostly because of my MVP. No one's going to see this coming. I have Antonio Gibson winning the MVP. The Memphis running back slash wide receiver. I'm just going to call him an athlete. He's looked good this week, too. He's looked really uh, good. That's what I've heard, man. I've heard he has been a stud. I think he was underutilized at Memphis. When they gave him the ball, big things happened. And – I think this kid is going to make an impact this weekend. He's one of those players. So the reason I picked him, the Senior Bowl, most of the time, doing my research on past MVPs, it's always players that aren't the biggest names but need to improve their draft stock. Antonio Gibson has first-round talent, and I will argue that with anybody. He just came from a school and a program that didn't utilize him like a first-round talent. So he's not. he's a way, way under the radar I think he's going to play a lot. I think he's going to play running back. I think he's going to play wide receiver. This dude can be a wildcat. I think he's going to be all over the field. I think he's going to have multiple touchdowns, rushing, receiving, everything. And he's going to be the first non-quarterback to win the MVP since 2015 when Amir Abdullah from Nebraska won the MVP as a running back. And the South takes this game 28-20 to down to the wire late in the fourth quarter like it always is. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Just, I don't even know how much I believe this, uh, just because I've seen so much talent from both sides at this point. I'm going to give this one to the North, uh, just because Zach picked the South. I'll be honest with you. I'll take the North and my MVP. This is more of like, I'd like to see it. than I think it's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan love. I think this guy has a lot to prove. Um, like I said, I don't think that he has anywhere to go, but up at this point. Uh, he's obviously been a bigger name this week. Um, I'd like to see him drop a couple of touchdown passes. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him prove everybody right. He's had an outstanding week this week. Um, I want to see how he plays against, uh, against more power five opponents because, you know, he, he plays for you or he played for Utah state uh, in the mountain West, uh, you know, and through this week he's been playing against uh teams against players that played in uh, the power five and he's really showcased so i'm gonna give this one to the north and i'll go with uh, let's go 31 28 north let's go 
Damn, Rodrigo Blankenship is going to shank a field goal. <laughs> well, he he has a he has a holder from South Carolina, which I thought was just a slap in the face. Honestly. Yeah, we would have had to fight if I was him. I would have taken my glasses off and everything. <laughs> I almost interviewed him, and I, I every time I walked up to him, I would just see the glasses and laugh. I'm not I like I I'm being one million percent serious with you right now. I just I could, I didn't think I could hold it together if I interviewed him. Wild, wild. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, Oh, oh, also that, that leads me to my, uh, my, my concluding thought on this episode. Rodrigo Blankenship to the Carolina Panthers, book it. That's the only team I've seen talking to him all week. Uh, I feel like they've got something up their sleeve. They need a kicker. Um, they're they're going to take him. Anyway, uh, but that is our episode for today. Uh, this is our preview for the Senior Bowl, obviously. It's coming out the day before the Senior Bowl. Um, we will get a new episode out to you guys soon. Uh, we'll have our senior bowl recap. Um, you know, we we're posting blogs every single day. You know, I, I've written a recap on every single day as it's passed. Uh, make sure you're reading those. Um, make sure that you're interacting with us on social media over this past week. I mean, Facebook, what's going on because we've grown. Our followers have, have more than tripled over this past week. It's, it's been insane. Uh, I just want to thank every single one of you guys that are listening, every single one of you guys that are following us, uh, reading our posts, liking them, sharing them, whatever you're doing, you're contributing. Um, but make sure you give some of our other social media sites a little bit of love too. Uh, Facebook's been booming, but we need to see more growth on the other ones. Zach, you want to go ahead and plug those real quick? Yeah, guys. Uh, Twitter at the wait, no, yeah. Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods. Go check us out on there. Uh, Instagram at the underscore blue bloods Facebook. It is at the underscore blue bloods or at the blue bloods pod. Uh, either one. Um, check us out on there. We post blogs on Twitter, Facebook because Instagram does not like us on there. We post graphics on all of them. We post episode updates on all the social media. Um, Check out our blog. We have links on that. Like I just said, Facebook, Twitter, go catch up on stuff. We got the way too early top 25. We got the final top 25. We have all the Brandon's senior bowl updates. We have Brandon's take on the OBJ situation. I mean, we got all kind of content for you guys. We got pictures now um, from the senior bowl practices in the week. Those are from me. You have to credit me because I've been crediting people my entire career. Credit to me for those pictures. Those blurry pictures are all mine. There you go. And we re- we kind of uh, revamped our blog to kind of more fit what we were doing. So you can, if you get to the blog, all our social medias are linked at the bottom. Um, you know, we have all the links to our social media, all the links to everywhere you can get the podcast. We're working on, you know, even explaining the blog even more. Uh, so look out for that. Um, you know, we got big plans this summer, big plans throughout the all season. So you guys stay tuned, keep, uh, listen to content. Our, like Brandon said, all our followers are growing. Our listeners are growing. So shout out to you guys for that. And we, uh, definitely appreciate it. Yeah. And for now we're out.
hit him with the on today's episode of the Blue Bloods this time. Just kind of switch yep. it up. <laughs> Half our listeners could be like, "Who in the hell is this the right? <laughs> is this the right podcast?" <laughs> this episode's gonna get three listens. 